I just decided that I'm done. I turned my life around right then and there. So that's it. I, see, this is not hard. This is not rocket science. You know what I mean? It's left up to the individual. When a person say they had enough, they're done. They're done. They're going to do things differently. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Today, we have here Leslie McCain. Leslie is an ex-felon who had spent over 25 years in prison, but now is out and has become a successful truck driver and landlord. And he is here today to talk to us about how he came to be in prison and just how it looked like he wasn't going to make it. But then he comes out and he is productive and successful and how everyone can follow the same things that he did can also do the same. Just welcome Leslie. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Hey, Mr. J. I'm good. And you? I am good. Thank you for doing this interview with me. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Because you know what? He is a truck driver and he is in a truck right now, you all. We are doing an interview with him while he is on the road. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like that's all I do is I'm on the road. But I love it. I love it. I'm not complaining. Wow. I I am so proud of you. This is why I wanted to do this interview with you. So you could just tell everyone, um, is there anything I missed about you? Because I I just want you to tell us your story. Oh, sure. No problem. Well, as a kid, I don't know. I guess I, I was just curious about a lot of street things and stuff like that, because I had both parents in the house. Hmm. You know, I, and my dad was a former military, strict disciplinarian. And uh, I don't know, at some point I started bucking him. And I guess that's like with most fathers and sons, not all, but most, they kind of go through this, uh, this phase of strength. That's weird. But so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started getting myself in trouble. Hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. My father, at first he was there. He was like, man, look, I raised you better than this. Hmm. Know, what are you thinking about? Who is who he wanted to know who was influencing me, this, that, and the other. And of course I lied. You know, I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I because I love my father. I couldn't just, I couldn't, even though that sounds a little odd, well, if you love him, why you lie to him? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I lied because I don't know, I didn't want to like give up the uh the people who I assume was friends. Oh. You know, and I later found out what that's all about. But anyway. He was there. He come get me out of jail a few times. And then after a while, he was like, you know what? I noticed that this is something that you want to do. So I'm going to let you figure this out. That that doesn't, that, I'm not saying that I don't love you, but I'm going to let you figure it out. I know you'll be back. I'm not worried. But I just can't, me and your mother, we just can't keep going through this with you. Hmm. So I first got locked up when I was probably 15 years old. Okay. That's when it started. It was only for a day or two, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, it's, I don't know, it just snowballed into a, oh, my God. And then I messed around and joined the gang like an idiot. 
You know, and that was, but I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You may interview a lot of people and people have regrets and different things of that nature. But all of my entire journey has cultivated and made me into the man that I am today. So would I go back and change anything? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Would I do it all over again? Of course not, because mm-hmm. I know better. Right. You know what I mean? My buddies say all the time, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So I, I joined the gang and, you know, that stuff was just unnatural to my spirit. Right. You know what I mean? So by being unnatural to my spirit, I needed something to cope with it. Right. How else do you cope with things? Excellent Drugs and alcohol. Point. Excellent point. Excellent point. Go ahead. Drugs and alcohol. So I started drinking and it just, you know, smoking a little marijuana. And then somebody always introduced you to other things. Hey, try this. Hey, try that. Hey, try this. And then I started drinking. They call it a lean today, but it was syrup back in my day. Hmm. And I'm popping pills and oh my goodness. You know, it's just, it just got way out of hand. And then I'm snorting cocaine and now I'm snorting heroin. Then I'm smoking crack. And all of that took me, kept me in and out of prison. In and out of prison. Hmm. You know, just disappointing. My my family was just like, you know, uh, I couldn't keep a job because you, I, me, I'm almost certain that there's people out there that we call them uh, functioning addicts or functioning alcoholics. They can get high and still get up and be responsible and go to work <laughs> and all, all that stuff. Nah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's most not of the me. addicts, though. <laughs> Yeah, not me. Yeah. When I get when I get going, I am done. I'm mm-hmm. all I'm hanging out in the streets all day and night, barely sleeping, you know. So anyway, combined with all the other stuff that I was doing, I, I didn't spend I didn't do 25 straight years. I did it was broke up over time. Okay. You know, it was broke up over time. So all in all, it equals out to about 24 and a half, 25 years. Okay. My and that, that's a lot that's of time. Almost half of my life. Yeah, that's a lot of time. It, it, absolutely, it's a lot of time. Absolutely, it's a lot of time. You know, but how I decided that enough was enough, I was talking to a really strong spiritual. You're breaking up a little bit. Could you repeat that again? So, what happened that made you change? What happened again? Oh, okay. Yeah always had a very strong uh, religious background. We grew up in a church and uh, I was like I got away from all of that. But uh, I, I had one friend that was big connected in the church I always come and you know like even at my works I'm not gonna put hands on you, I'm gonna pray for you. The whole you know the whole praying thing. So uh one day he came and we just had a really good Leslie, I'm gonna break. I know you're driving and it's just breaking up again. So you say people were praying for you, and what happened? Okay, hold hold on. For, yeah, hold on. One, hold on one second. I'm in a... Sorry, you all. We are trying to do this interview with Leslie, and he is driving. So we do talk to real people here. So he has just muted us for the moment. I'm not sure what part of the country he is in right now as he's driving, but he will be speaking to us about how he got into driving trucks 
because it's a lot of people I've spoken to that's in prison right now that want to drive trucks. And he will speak to that as well. I think we have Leslie okay. back. Yeah, can we you have you back. Yeah, I can hear okay. you now. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. I was in a dense area. Right. Okay. So I, I did hear you. I'm in Ohio right now. Oh, okay. I was just saying that a good friend of mine, he prayed for me. And at that time, I was wanted for a couple of crimes. I was really literally on the run. Hmm. And so he met with me, we prayed and all that. And I just was like, you know what? Uh, something just came over me and told me you done. That's it. You can call it divine intervention. You can call it God. I choose to call it God. Uh -huh. And uh, so I, I didn't turn myself in, but I did allow myself to get caught. You say, <laughs> no, That's <definitely>. interesting. <laughs> I didn't, I, I just couldn't leave. I just couldn't go straight to the police station and turn myself in. But the area that they were looking for me the hardest, I went back to that area because I, I knew they'd catch me. That's funny. So, okay. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I, I, I went to jail uh -huh. and the judge was like, when I, when I first went, you know, you go get the bond here and all that. I knew I wasn't get, I wasn't getting a bond, which they didn't give me one. Uh -huh. And, um, so I, I get a judge and he was like, oh, yeah, you you one of those guys that don't learn. So let me see if we could teach you a lesson this time. Maybe you might learn. So I was like, uh, what do that mean? I was talking to my uh, I, I didn't have a lawyer. I had a uh, well, down here in Illinois, we call them public defenders. I don't know what you guys call them up there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a court appointed a court appointed attorney. Yeah, we have the same. So, mm -hmm. OK, so the lady was like, she said, oh, yeah, he. Cause I asked, I said, what does that mean? She was like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He gonna, if he finds you guilty, he's going to probably give you a lot of time. I was like, oh Lord. Um, and I won't say it scared me, you know, because this is not, this wasn't foreign territory. I've been here, been there a dozen times already. Right. You know, but naturally who wants to get 20, 30 years. So anyway, the short of that story is I, I was afforded, I got just a little bit of time. I sat there, I don't know, two and a half, almost three years. No, two and a half years I sat in the county, Cook County wow. Jail, which that's, that's tough in itself. Right there, you know? yeah. Yeah. So finally he gave me, uh, you know, he was like, you know what? I'm just sick of this case. He told uh, he told my public defender to tell me if I, if I take this time, he gave me seven years. He said, if I take that time today, he'll let it go. If not, we go on a trial today, and if I get found guilty, he's going to give me 20. So I said, mm -hmm. oh, seven. No, 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 it was nine. I'm sorry. Nine. It was nine years. I'm sorry. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take the nine. No problem. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 which I did. I went to, uh, I was able to go to a drug program in prison. Right. And I just decided that I'm done. I turned my life around right then and there. So I said, uh, see, because like, if this is not hard. This is not rocket science. You know what I mean? It's left up to the individual. When a person say they had enough, they're done. They're done. They're going to do things differently. So what I did was, I even though I was in prison, I surrounded myself with people who were not gangbanging, people who was going to the program, who was reading the Bible, mm -hmm. things of that nature. I surrounded myself with people like that. Can I ask you a then, question right quick? Sure. When you say you were done, did your desires change? Like, did Absolutely. you, your taste change too? Absolutely. 100%. Wow. Okay. I started, I, everything that 
I thought I was, I started deleting it. <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm serious. Michi J, I promise you. I was like, okay, nope, it's not you. This not working. This is not working. This is not working. And I just started deleting them. So in essence, what I did was I killed off this. This going to sound a little strange. But I killed, I, I killed myself. The old me, I killed myself so that the new me can flourish and thrive. Oh, I think that's great. I, it makes a lot of sense. Wow. I just wanted to know about that because not many people get to that. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm I'm changing. I just wanted you to know, did your taste buds change too at that time? Did your desires change? Because I think that's interesting. And what people would want to know, maybe they'll get to that moment or they haven't got to that moment yet. And at least yeah. they know it is possible and what they would go through because you experienced it. Absolutely. But I'm here to tell you, to all of your listeners out there, it can be done. It can be done. It's all up to you mm-hmm. as an individual. No one can do it for you. You have to put the work in. Hmm. So I, I, so what I did was, and then I get to the trucking thing after this. Okay. But what I did was I got in the program. I got myself a sponsor on the outside and he was writing me. I got this, we call it the big book. And he gave me this one quote and I will never forget it. He said, in order for me to be successful in the program, I have to chase the program with the same tenacity that I chased getting high and drinking with. Wow. That is good. So, but how did you get a sponsor inside? Oh, they, they had these, I forget the name of the, it's the Chicago something, but anyway, you can write them and they're saying, you know, they got people that are right, that write you. It's been the program 20, 30 years. Okay. And I forget the name of it and I'm sorry, but I, I don't know if they, I don't, I'm not sure if they do it all over the country, but I know they do it in Illinois. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. So, That's good to have yeah. a sponsor while you're already, while you're inside already. Absolutely. Okay. And he uh-huh. was a thing that I like had a problem with. I could write him and ask him, just get his advice on how to handle things. And because this new me, this was a whole man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like, man, who is this guy? <laughs> wow. That is interesting. My, my buddy, uh, another good friend of mine, he he actually turned out to be a mentor of mine. He told me, he said, man, look, just give this a try. Just get a clean living a try. If you don't like it, I promise you, the street's not going nowhere. You can go right back out there. <laughs> you know? It's a great street. Yeah. <laughs> so Ooh. I said, okay, you know what? I am 100, 100% committed. Mm-hmm. to changing my life. And that goes back to your point about my taste buds changing. Wow. So I had to, all the things that excited me, you know, mm-hmm. I had to get, I had to remove all of that stuff. Now this is a clean program, so I'm not going to discuss what those things were, mm-hmm. but they were detrimental to me growing as a human being. That's, I'll just say it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, I started changing little by little and today I've been out 10 years. You know, okay. I've been out 10 years today. Right. You can mention some of the things. Just keep it clean. Or was it nah, like I can't drugs? Keep it clean. I, drugs? Yeah, of course it was drugs. But, you know, this is, I'm just, we'll just leave it at that. I don't want to okay. get off into that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. You know, because see, like, the thing is, uh, your program is to help, is to help other, you know, guys and gals who's struggling. Mm-hmm. So my job is not to, I don't want to glorify the other entice one. anyone. Yeah. 
exactly saying the wrong right you know so but they probably know what they from it. yeah they know what they are okay okay well yeah so well i mean if they know they know you know <laughs> so um like i said I, uh i'm I've, I've been very successful uh in this new journey in my new walk and one one other thing i want to say about this i used to i i, I tell my um I used to tell my mother and my father all the time, you know, because I'm talking, you know, and they heard the talk before. Like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, what's going to be different this time? You know, <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm like, listen, don't, don't, don't listen at a word I say. Don't listen at nothing I say. Just watch what I do. Whoa. So what I did was I learned, I learned to line my tongue up with my feet. That, the tongue and the feet have to match in order for a person to be successful in trying to get themselves together. So what does that mean? That mm -hmm. means I say what I mean and I mean what I say. I'm not going to make nobody no promises to keep. I'm not going to say I'm going to change and no, I'm not going to change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just all, all kind of things like that. Right. So um, while uh, I, I've always been uh, interested in trucks, but I just never, um, you know, I'm in the streets, so I'm not you know, I got buddies that drive, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, I just, you know, I just never did it because I, you know, I was in the streets. Right. And, you know, everything has its, uh, everything has its proper hour and it's probably a good thing because, you know, it's guys that, um, uh, started driving and they going all out of state, you know, they committing crimes out of state and all this. So this is why parole officers in Illinois, I don't know how they do it everywhere else, but parole officers in Illinois won't let you drive. I mean, you can drive, but you just can't go out of the state, hmm. you know? So, because, um, you know, it's always, you know, uh, you know, somebody always got to mess something up. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so I think I would have been one of those guys. As a matter of fact, I know I would have been one of those guys. You know, so that's why I, <laughs> so that's why I'm glad that I didn't start driving when I, when I really wanted to. So anyway, um, I got out mm -hmm. and uh, I, again, I couldn't just start driving because I had to get off parole first. So I was mm -hmm. just looking for a way to get off parole quickly. So I, I got a job and I went back to college, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the parole officer came. I, I think I did. I was supposed to do three years on parole and, and uh, I cut that time in half. I did about 18 months. Wow, and that's they, they let me, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't know you can get that cut down. That's a good strategy right there to get your parole cut down. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you got to, you know, you have to, uh, and see, like they they gonna check, you know. So I wasn't like, you know, uh, I was, you know, he wanted to see my report, card, uh, you know, your grades and all that kind of stuff like that. And I'm not saying they all like that, but this particular guy that I had, he was like, okay, everywhere I go, he had to, you know, I had to. Uh, like keep a keep a um log a, a log so to speak yeah I was gonna say a journal but a log on everything that I did today where I've been what time I got there all that kind of stuff like oh, that oh okay and this guy when he got it he took a picture of it and he would literally go check I'm like <laughs> oh man this dude is doing now look this is the old me trying to crop up this dude, <laughs> this dude doing too much <laughs> you know but I'm glad he did that because what he instilled in me was discipline. Mm -hmm. He instilled that discipline in me that got away, that got away from me. Right. You know, so I start. I just stayed with my program and then I stayed with my program. Then, you know, I had, I had a job, you know, you got to start off, you got to crawl before you can walk. So I, you know, I did a, what did I do? I was in a meat plant 
uh, some chicken, you know, it was freezing in there. Ooh. You know, but I had I had to do it. I had to do it. They was the only people that would accept me on parole. Right. Know? Okay. Yeah. Because a lot, you know, a lot of these jobs, they look at you and they like, oh, wait, you on, you on parole? So they don't want the parole officer coming up to the job and, you know, all that kind of stuff like that. And, you know, so a lot of them say no. Um, so I did the meat plan. And then from a meat plan, I went um, I went to a food factory and then I went to a, a sporting warehouse. And after that, I was like, you know what? I had enough with all of this. I think now's the time. So, you know, I, I signed up and I started driving. It took me about uh, it took me about a month. I want to say it took me about a month to get my um to get my CDL. Okay. Yeah, it took me about a month, and uh, then after I got it, I immediately got on the road, and I've been on the road ever since. So how long? Because I have, you know, my brother went through this sort of thing too. But and he was at a meat packing company and all that stuff. And but he eventually like I think he got fired or something. But what happened? How long were you doing these jobs? How long were you in those roles before you went to driving? Um, let me see. The meat plant I did for about a little over a year. Mm hmm. And then I went into the food factory. I didn't like that job. They made spices. Mm -hmm. you know, they bottled up spices. And so I had to shovel corn and all. I didn't like that at all. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there about, uh, I don't know, probably three or four months. Just how just yeah. how long it was taking you, like when you were doing these other jobs before you got to where you wanted to be? Did it take? A, oh, oh, just a, a few years. years. Just yeah, a few just years? A couple, oh. Yeah, just a few years. I think uh, maybe two or three years, maybe. Okay. You know, maybe. Okay. My determination was already, my my will and my determination was already there. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. I am locked in and focused on this right here. And I'm not going to stop till I get it. Hmm. You know? So, wow. um, okay. so that's, so, I mean, that's what I say, like, because all of this stuff is about attitude. You got to have a good attitude. You got to have a good attitude. You got to have, you want people to, you want to attract people. You know, like mm -hmm. when you ripping and running in the streets and all that, really good people don't want to be bothered with you because you kind of like um, they don't want that stuff to rub off on them. You know what I mean? So yeah. people kind of stay away from you. Now, you, I mean, you know, like your family and stuff like that, they'll still they'll tolerate you, but people don't want to be bothered with that kind of stuff. So I had to learn how to attract people again. Wow. You know, so I had to I had to Ooh. change my whole attitude. I used to think I was angry about, I had to get a different perspective. Wow. So I got rid of all of my anger. And only God can only do that for a person. Hmm. It started, I, I made a commitment to pray every day. I used to read the word a lot, but I haven't lately because I've been on the road so much. Mm -hmm. But I still humbly go to God and let him know he in charge of my life. I don't know about nobody else's, but he in charge of my life. And I Amen. need him in everything that I do. Amen. Everything I do, hard decisions, everything. I ask him what, give me the guidance on what I should do with this or what I should do with that. And he answers. He answers. He was sent. I promise you, it may be a stranger. Will he, a stranger come up and start talking to you about something you prayed about. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm a witness. Go ahead. You, you telling, you giving a good roadmap for people 
like who just coming out or someone, family member that they can just relate to their loved ones and encourage them because what you're talking about is real stuff and what you're, what you've done is doable by anybody. I like that you, you gave some good steps already, parole, cutting that in half, getting a job that you probably, you don't want to be at, but just having those jobs until a couple years or so before you can get to where you want to be and just praying in between and changing your attitude to attract the right people because you are absolutely right. A lot of times people don't want to be around those type of people because they already dealing with stuff and they're struggling. And if they're, around someone like that that's going to even bring them down even worse and they don't want to take a chance they really have to be around sponsors and people that's really helping that's really strong and yes. to help them get out of that situation for anybody who is interested in changing their life and you coming out of prison or you coming out of a rehab center or whatever you have to surround yourself with mentors people who are living a clean life meaning they're not getting high they're not doing crime all that kind of stuff like that you can't go back into your neighborhood thinking that you finna, because that's how I, that's how I got help. I started getting mentors. Hmm. I, people in my life right now that I can go to and talk to them about anything. I got a, I got two sponsors. One been clean 40-something years. The other one been clean like 28, 29 years. And wow. that, th- those things are important. I got a, I got a spiritual advisor. He's a pastor. We sit down and we discuss just spiritual things. Well, that was part one of our interview with Leslie McCain. I am thoroughly enjoying this interview with Leslie. He is so funny, so matter of fact, and I just love his style of just telling his story and his no-nonsense approach about what he had to do to get to where he wanted to be at. We still have more to come. Tune in next week to listen to part two, because this is the time where Leslie is going to explain more how he became a truck driver and how someone who's coming out of prison can do the same thing. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonerspardon.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.